We are privileged to celebrate the Feast of All Saints on Sunday this year. I call it a privilege, you might call it good luck. Because the Holy Day of Obligation falls on the same day as Sunday, so you don't have to go to Mass twice this week. And if that's your thought process, you're probably well on your way to not becoming a saint. But I digress. First thing you should notice about the Feast of All Saints is how diverse the saints are. <clears throat> there is no one pattern to holiness, you know. And I would even say, like, you shouldn't model the saints, right? Probably didn't think you'd hear that on All Saints Day from your pastor, but you shouldn't. And what I mean by that is you shouldn't try to be St. Francis or you shouldn't try to be St. Catherine. There is no such thing as, like, generic grace. Like, God just throws his grace on us and is like, good luck. He has a very tailored way for you to become a saint. You know, I think C.S. Lewis said that how mundane and boring are all the tyrants of this world. And how gloriously different is God and his saints. Tyrants are the same. Power, domination, manipulation, fear, death, bloodshed. It's the same across the millennia. They all do the same thing. But the saints are radically different. And I wish there was one way. Because it would make it a lot easier. I could just get up here and say to you, it's fasting. If you just fast a lot, you're going to be a saint. And we have that. You know, there's like a St. John Vianney. St. John Vianney, last 20 years of his life, survived on a half of a boiled potato and a cup of milk each day. That's serious fasting. St. Padre Pio, they said for two months he survived off of the Eucharist. Just receiving the Eucharist each day. And when his dad saw him after that two months, he said he had gained weight. So you have that side of it. So yeah, fasting. But then you have another side. You have St. Thomas Aquinas, who's pushing 300 pounds by the end of his life. And as he writes his little dissertation on the seven deadly sins, guess which one he says is the most understandable? Gluttony. So then maybe you're sitting back and you're like, okay, well, Thomas obviously had a problem with food. Maybe it's in the intellectual life. Maybe I just got to be as smart as St. Thomas Aquinas. Or St. Augustine. Or St. John Henry Newman. Some of the greatest minds to grace the, not only the Catholic Church, but the world. And for the record, we need to get that back into society. There is this understanding that somehow believers are unenlightened, unwoke, and dumb. And that, you know, the atheists, those who are awake right now, they're the smart ones. I mean, I'm biased, obviously, I'm a Catholic priest, but I would say it's the complete opposite. But some of the greatest minds in the history of our world were Christian. We developed the scientific method. We came up with the Big Bang Theory. Universities, hospitals, it's all ours. And they have taken it away from us and secularized it and pushed God out. And we seemingly have done nothing about it. We need saints in the area of higher education. But on the flip side, see how there's all these smart guys, you also have some really dumb saints. And I mean that with all respect, but St. Joseph Cupertino was a moron. He was. I'm not, I'm not being mean. That he was really not smart. He couldn't pass seminary. 
they had to like tailor these really super easy exams for him to get through. And yet, this guy that's not so smart is also known as the flying saint because he could levitate. So it can't be, it can't be brains and it can't be stupidity. So maybe, okay, maybe, maybe it's just you got to be like super ascetic. You know, you got to beat yourself and, and sleep on the floor and eat dirt. And then you'll be a saint, like St. Bruno. He's the hardest of the hardcores. Then you have a flip side, because St. Bridget said, I imagine heaven to be a great lake of beer. And that I will sit in the boat with the King of Kings and drink this glorious ale for all eternity. Right? That's my kind of saint. There's hope for all of us. And maybe it's dealing with temptations. How did the saints deal with temptations? Maybe I need to learn from them and do it like them. Like St. Thomas Aquinas. He wanted to be a monk. And his, his parents and family are like, no, that's a waste of your life. And they literally locked him up in his, in his room. He was grounded. <laughs> and then his brothers, it's worse. His brothers went out and got a prostitute to try to dissuade him from the celibate life. And as she was in the room undressing, he took a log from the fireplace that was burning and threw it at her. And she, you know, ran out of the... So that's one way of dealing with temptation. On the flip side, you have John of the Cross. A prostitute broke into his house trying to dissuade him from the religious life. He got up, caught her, and said, Hey, let's talk. You don't have to live like this anymore. She converts and becomes a saint. That's another way of dealing with temptation. I mean, we have saints that were smart. We have saints that were dumb. We have saints that could pray. We have saints that hated to pray. Did you know that? St. Teresa of Avila said for 10 years of her life, she hated prayer. You know why? Because it was boring. Sound familiar? She said she would sit in the chapel and wait for the bell to ring so she could leave. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, on the flip side, they said that he was so prayerful that he didn't know what color the ceiling of the chapel was because he never looked up. There were saints that were beautiful and there were saints that were not. The saints are so different. Why? Because God is infinite. He never quits coming up with great ideas. Love of humanity, love of the poor, love of the contemplative life, love of the intellectual life, love of service, love of faith. The list goes on and on and on. There is nothing that disqualifies any of you from being a saint except you. The only one that can stop any one of us in this church from becoming a saint is yourself. And they asked St. Thomas Aquinas, how do you become a saint? He said, you will it. You choose it. But I think sometimes we look at the saints and they're so far off. We hear their stories and we're like, I could never be like that. But I mean, who are we kidding? St. Paul was a murderer. St. Peter denied Jesus. St. Augustine was addicted to sexual pleasure. St. Teresa of Avila, the greatest mystic in the church, turned away a woman from her convent because she wasn't pretty enough. They were human. They're not untouchable. And just as people say, I could never be Adolf Hitler. Yes, you could. Because you're human. He was human. I could never be St. Paul. Yes, you can. He was human. You're human. From the worst to the best, it's in us. And it's all what you choose. 
The saints weren't born saints, they became saints. And they didn't do it alone. They didn't do it alone. I just, you know, the, the saints, they, they battled the prince of this world. They suffered, they sacrificed, they did it all and they won. As St. Paul says, I ran the race and I completed it. And now they want to help us. I just heard a, an analogy of this. Father Mike Schmitz, he's a, a much more in shape priest than I am. He uh, ran the Ironman. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and a 26.2 marathon run. All back to back to back. You just go from swimming to biking to running. I will never do that. I won't even do one of them. Like, I have no desire to even do one of them. But he did, he did it. The Catholic priest, he did it. And he said, you have from 7 a.m. to midnight to complete this entire task. And if you come in at 12.01, you are not an Iron Man or an Iron Woman. You have to finish in that time period. And he said they would, and he said it was kind of cool, like the, the last part of the course, you turn a corner, there's a hundred yard kind of sprint to the end. And that hundred yards, there's bleachers on each side. And as you finish the Ironman, you go and you, you know, wash up, clean up, get something to eat. And you come back to the stands and then you cheer people on as they come through. He said at 1140 at night, the announcer, because they had thought that the last man had crossed. The announcer got on and he said, there's still one guy out there. He's got three miles left. Now, if you just swam 2.4 miles, biked 112 miles, and ran 23 miles to finish the last three miles in 20 minutes, no chance. And so all the guys are in, everybody's up in the, the stands, and the announcer gets on and he says, you know what? Let's go get him. Bring him in. And he said the entire stand is just empty. Now remember, these guys are, these are people that have run this entire Iron Man thing. They empty the stands and they run out into the darkness to find this guy. And he's hobbling along, barely making it. He said, they all came behind him and were just screaming, pushing him, saying, you, you got this, just go, go. And he said, as he turned the corner, the last leg, he said it was 11.59. And he said, I have never heard thunderous shouting as I did when he turned that corner. And this man crossed the finish line at 11.59 with 47 seconds and presumably collapsed. <laughs> that, that's such an image of heaven. That's such an image of the saints. We're lagging along, barely making it. And the Lord's just like, go out and bring them in. They know what we need. They know how to live it. They know the fight. They know the race. They're our friends. And they want to bring us in. I encourage all of you. I have a lot of saints that are friends. You probably think that's weird that I like talk to dead people or whatever, but so be it. A lot of friends, and they're certain, they're very particular, and God hasn't picked out for all of you. Ask the Holy Spirit to inspire you to understand who are your saints, who are the ones that are battling for you. Who's going to bring you in when you're the most tired, when you feel like you got nothing left? They're going to be there for you. They've run the race, they know the pain, the struggle. And they cheer us on and push us 
to not give up. We are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. They have run and now they cheer. They have suffered and now they rejoice. We are not alone. So let us run so as to win.